how the 2023 Rams could surprise the NFL like the 2017 Rams, the most important Rams heading into the 2023 season, and the Rams sign a tight end. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two-time Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you want to find the video version of the show, join us on YouTube and let us know, do you think the Rams could surprise in 2023 like they did in 2017? My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. But I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we got a jam packed show for you today. The Rams signed a tight end. We continue our most important Rams heading into the 2023 season countdown. And can the 2023 Rams surprise like the 2017 Rams? But Travis, first, I don't know if you saw this this weekend, it was trending on Twitter. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels, he has a $50,000 chain with an Apple watch that shows his highlights. Now, <laughs> you one of those, maybe a highlight of you winning the People's Champ Award. I kind of want one of the Super Bowl 56 highlights. Would you rock that chain, Travis? M- mine is more of a belt buckle instead of something that I keep around my neck. I tie it around my waist. And so everywhere I go, I have highlights of uh, the Lockdown Rams podcast playing at all times. So if anybody sees me out in the streets, you can uh, ask to see the belt buckle. Yo, I like that. I like the highlights. I'm making some of our best episodes together, man. I like exactly, that idea. exactly. But here in the first segment, Travis, we're going to talk about this 2023 Rams team. Now, a lot of experts there picking them to not make the playoffs. They're projected to win five and a half games by some. And there are some similarities to that 2017 team that really shocked a lot of pundits out there. They're coming out of a 5-12 and 12 season this year, 2017. They're coming out of a 4-12 and 12 season. They lost 11 of their last 12 games. Jared Goff went 0-7 as a starter. A lot of people were calling him a bust. Just kind of right out the gates, do you see any similarities with this 2023 Rams team compared to that 2017 team? Well, I think you nailed it. I think that the biggest similarity is that they're coming off of a bad season, right? That we have not seen the Rams come off of a bad season since 2016. That was the last time that the Rams were heading into camp, heading into the start of a season, and the expectations were somewhere between, I don't know what the heck's about to happen, and hey, this team's not going to be very good. The 2016 team, and we've, we've talked about this, the everyday or certainly know how often we talk about this. Not only was it a bad team, it was a boring team. It did not have a ton of talent, and especially dynamic NFL talent. This team, I think, is very similar there, that there is more talent. There's Cooper Cup, there's Matthew Stafford, there's, of course, Aaron Donald, there's some of these pieces there. But beyond that, I think there's a lot of question marks of exactly where it is you're going to find points, exactly where it is you're going to find stops. And 
if they do win, it will be a surprise a lot like uh, 2017, which was an incredible surprise. There are some differences, though, as well. Yeah, definitely some similarities, definitely some differences, like the ones we point out coming off of bad seasons. But I think the one that really sticks with me is coming into that season, Jared Goff, lots of low expectations. People thought he could have been a bust. He ends up having a pretty solid year in 2017, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 56.3 QBR. That was the third highest of his career, 15th in the league. Whereas Matthew Stafford, when he's healthy, he's elite. He's a top five quarterback. I mean, through 50 touchdowns, regular season and playoffs combined in 2021. So I still give the quarterback advantage to the 2023 Rams, potentially, if he can stay healthy, if he's not on the physical decline. And then two, coaching. Sean McVay, he was an unknown. No one knew what he was going to be. Yes, he turned out to be great, but now he has experience and he's got that hunger. So the two things that matter the most, quarterback and coaching, the 2023 Rams, they have it in spades they do but i think that the next step down that line of of of, you know things that are most important is you got the right head coach you obviously have a quarterback that can still play at a very high level but i want to go back to the 2017 rams the biggest difference from the 2017 rams to the 2016 rams was they changed the offensive line and they changed it dramatically that they added andrew whitworth they added john sullivan these just weren't two guys that came in because you know the rams decided to shuffle the deck a little bit Andrew Whitworth became the backbone of what they do. Andrew Whitworth became the most important, not the best player, but he was the most important player in that locker room for a period of time. He set the tone, not just for the offensive line group, but really for the entire offensive side of the ball. John Sullivan at center was another guy. He was a veteran presence along there. He helped Jared Goff with a variety of different things, with line coverages and things like this. So this was an incredibly big step forward from the 2016 to 17 Rams. The offensive line got a lot better from one year to the next. I don't know if this year is going to be like this. We're getting a lot of guys back. A lot of guys got hurt last year. But the, the the talent level, there isn't a Sullivan, there isn't a Whitworth here. You do have a Rob Havenstein. You got a couple of young guys in Bruss and Avila. But the fact of the matter is that offensive line still has a ton of question marks heading into 23. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, in heading into that season, that offensive line, they weren't projected to be one of the best in the league by season's end. They weren't. A lot of that had to do with Andrew Whitworth, and he was playing really the best ball of his career at age 36. So Mm -hmm. no one really could have seen that coming, but it did. And yeah, a little more of a veteran led group but still i think this current team you don't have that free agent sign that you're saying oh they're going to come in and be that guy but you do have steve avila who was their first pick now i think hey plug and play offensive lineman that's a little bit more of a myth and i think a reality for a lot of people out there but if there is one the guy that can do it i think it is steve avila but yeah i would agree with you the most important position group the offensive line i give the advantage that 2017 team and that's a lot of has to do with andrew whitworth and his dominance that season and then you look at the running backs i mean todd Gurley, 13 rushing touchdowns over 1300 yards that was first and second in the league but they didn't have a ton of depth i mean malcolm brown just 246 yards yeah tavon austin was their third leading rush this year's team you have cam Akers, and we know how strong he finished the season three straight 100 yard games but those were against some of the worst defenses in the nfl can he do that for an entire season that remains to be seen so of course the advantage goes to todd Gurley that 2017 team yeah you know when you start going when you start running it back and you talk about the best running backs that we've seen over the last five years eight years ten years you know, obviously there's Derrick Henry, obviously there's Saquon Barkley, you know, Ezekiel Elliott had a moment in there as well, but you don't get too far back before Todd Gurley was the best running back in football. And he was an incredibly dynamic player, not just 
carrying the ball. He was really dangerous out of the backfield. I remember going into 2017, having this conversation with Kirk Morris and DeMarco Farr, the other guys that I work with on those Rams broadcasts, and asking, hey, can Todd Gurley catch the ball out of the backfield? And the answer was, yeah, we don't know. They've, they've never thrown it to it. You know, who knows? that That's not what they had used Todd Gurley for up until that moment. Not only could he do it, he could do it incredibly well. He was a really good blocker. He allowed Jared Goff to have the ultimate little safety valve where if something wasn't there, throw it to Todd Gurley, and he's up the rail, and we get picking up chunk yardage time after time after time. I don't know if they have one of those guys. Cam Akers is a nice back, but he's not that. To keep in mind, it, it's, it's a long time ago, but Todd Gurley not only was a good Ram, he was a MVP candidate. You know, it wasn't 2017, but 2018 felt like an MVP caliber sort of season for Todd Gurley. The Rams do not have that kind of talent on offense this year. Yeah, Todd Gurley was an absolute beast in his prime with the Rams. And you look at the receiver spot. They replaced Brian Quick and Kenny Britt with Woods and Cub. Woods yep. had never had over 700 yards in a season, had never eclipsed that 700-yard mark. And then Cooper Cub was this receiver that no one really knew about out of Eastern Washington. They both have big years. Look at the tight end spot. Tyler Higby is still the guy after so many years, and he has more experience, has more depth on this team. But for me, the big difference is defensively. Defensively, you had more veterans on that group. You had Quinn. He was a beast, eight and a half sacks that year. You had Ogletree, he was productive. And then along that defensive line, you had Brockers, you had Donald, you had Westbrooks, you had Fox. There was more depth along that offensive line. Right now, it really does just feel like the only proven guy is Aaron Donald. That's where you can say, hey, this is a legitimate superstar. It's really the only guy on this current team. Yeah, the, the offense, like we talked about, the difference between the old team to this team, there at least there is Cooper Cup. There is Matthew Stafford. You can make a case for Akers. You can make a case for Higby or Van Jefferson. On defense, it's Aaron Donald, and I have no idea what's going to step yeah. up beyond that. That you, you, All those guys you mentioned, those guys are good NFL players, especially a guy like Michael Brockers. There is not a second guy on this defense that they can lean on the way they did those other guys. Absolutely. I mean, guys like Kobe Turner, guys like Byron Young, they could step up, but yep. still they are a relative unknown at this point. Of course, when it comes to the linebackers, Ogletree, Barron, but really the cornerback spot, you had Tremaine Johnson, you had Webster, you had Nikhil Roby Coleman, a little more depth, a little more experience there. When it comes to special teams, this is not a conversation. Of nope. course, Greg Zerline and Johnny Hecker. So really, are there some similarities? Yes. Do they have the advantage at the most important positions when it comes to quarterback, when it comes to head coaching? Yes. I think defensively, is where there's a significant drop-off, a significant lack of experience where I can't say, okay, because of what they did in 2017, we're going to see something similar in 2023. But I still do think they have what it takes to have a pretty solid year. But, yeah, that 2017 team, they had a much better advantage heading into that season. And, and depth, too, DMAC. There might be a guy here or there, but that second guy, that third guy, and that's the, the Rams' depth was a huge problem last year. That needs to be addressed as well. Exactly. But hey, let's shock the world like they did in 2017 and make the playoffs. They did lose to the Falcons there in that wild card game. But hey, that would be a really solid season. 11 wins. But coming up next in our second segment here on Locked On Rams, we continue our most important Rams heading into the 2023 season. That's coming up next on Locked On Rams. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. You know how difficult it can be when you have an opening and you don't even know where to start. You don't even know the right group of people to start talking with. LinkedIn Jobs can make that so much easier. And it is incredibly simple to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. You add your job and the purple hiring hashtag to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we continue our countdown of the most important Rams heading into the 2023 season, starting with number 13, and that is Steve Avila, the 36th overall pick in the last year's draft. And I think this is the play for me because you had to get that offensive line fortified. And I think that if he can come in and start in day one, he's going to be incredibly important to the success of this team. Yeah, think about it, D-Mac. You, you've mentioned this before. The everydayers will definitely know this name because it's something that's come up time and time again. People are still kicking themselves for the Rams not drafting Creed Humphrey when they had a chance to do it a couple of years ago. The Creed Humphrey has become an anchor on that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, working with Patrick Mahomes and has become one of the best centers in the league. You're going to have to find some guys. You're going to have to find, and it doesn't have to be an all-pro guy. It doesn't have to be somebody that is going to you know, be a borderline Hall of Famer. It needs to be somebody that's NFL capable, that can play the position, that you're not constantly worried about switching guys in or out. It's really hard to learn on the job in the NFL. Like you mentioned, hopefully he's in there. Hopefully he's in there from day one. Hopefully he plays well from day one. If he is a typical rookie, there's going to be a learning curve. That's just the way that it goes in this league. It's a brutal, difficult league. So hopefully he's up to speed quickly. Hopefully Logan Bruss is up to speed quickly because these guys are incredibly green. They're going to need him. And then it goes to that thing we were just talking about a minute ago, which is depth, right? That even if they're not frontline starters year after year, which they should be, at least you can use them in the event that you need to start shuffling pieces along the line. Absolutely. The depth is going to be a key, and it really can't be said enough. It can't be overstated. If the offensive line is bad, this team most likely is going to be bad. And mm -hmm. Steve Avila is the guy that can really help them in that cause. And I think when you look at this Rams team, why is he so important? It's because he's going to most likely be starting in game one. He's going to be a day one starter. He was already working with the ones at OTAs at minicamp. He's going to take over one of those guard spots. And I think later he becomes a center. But for this season, they need him to go in there and provide some stability they absolutely had to fortify their offensive line and he absolutely provides just that and as we mentioned that was a historically bad offensive line last season one of the worst in history Stafford he was pressured nearly 50 percent of the time opponents blitz just under 20 percent of the time so they were getting pressure with their front four they were able to stop guys in yeah I think when you look at him and Steve Avila, what he's able to do, only time's going to tell if he's going to be a foundational player, but it really starts in year one. He's the other thing, too, Doug, I, I think that's really important with, with, with uh, Avila and anyone else that they need to play every week, right? And I understand that, that luck is a lot of, has to, or excuse me, that injuries have a lot to do with luck. I understand that sometimes just blank happens and there's nothing you can do about it. But even with the Rams as dreadful as they were up front last year, even with guys, I think they used 16, 17 different linemen. At the end of the line, 
it was at least just barely shy of okay because the same five guys were there three weeks in a row. But when they're constantly, even if you have five guys that are giving you, you know, C minus level performances, at least it's the same five guys. And I think that's incredibly important up front that they just get those same guys week after week after week and start to work together so they understand what one side's doing and the other side's doing and not constantly just trying to get through the day and get to the next week. 100%. I agree with every word you just said. And I think what really tells me how important it was for this Rams team was a couple of weeks after it came out that they were eyeing some skilled position guys, some receivers. And we know that this offense could use some playmakers, but they didn't go that route. They went with the sensible pick. They went with the offensive line because they knew, hey, we need to go this route. And last year, you didn't get anything from your no. first draft pick. Bruss went down with the ACL injury. This year, they absolutely need Steve Avila to step right in. Be a guy that can, they can count on and really contribute right away. So, Steve Vila, I'm looking for a big year for you. Now, number 12 in our countdown for most important Rams heading into the 2023 season is Brian Allen. So, we're staying with an offensive lineman. Now, Allen, I think the biggest key for him is staying healthy and staying yep. on the field. He started 32 games in 2019, missed the entire 2020 season, missed 10 games last year. We know that he played at a high level in 2021, but if he can hold it down, play at a high level at the center spot like he did in 2021, that's going to go a long way for the success of this offensive line. The, he, he falls right into that category that we were just talking about a second ago. If he plays, he's fine, right? That we, it's He is absolutely 100% NFL good enough. He absolutely is 100% good enough to win playoff games, to be on the field at the biggest moments. We've seen it. you got to play. Right. You got to be. And again, this this is not a criticism. It's just a, a bad luck kind of thing where, you know, whether it's concussions, whether it's knees, whether it's ankles, shoulders, whatever it may be. It, th these kind of things just happen and you cross your fingers and hope that they get lucky. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago back in 2017. And, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm going by memory here. I want to say that all five of those guys up front in 2017 played every single week. And it's just it's an it's an almost immeasurable benefit to have those guys. Brian Allen's the center. They, maybe the left tackle is the most important part as far as keeping Matthew Stafford in one piece. But when it comes to line protections, when it comes to, to rhythm and understanding and understanding how you want to beat coverages and stuff, that, that center is wildly important to what you're doing. The center and quarterback need to see it exactly the same way. And you need to be out there every single week. And hopefully Brian Allen can, because when he's in there, He's more than good enough, and, and it can kind of set you up for success moving out further towards the tackles. Yeah, I think you bring up a fantastic point that, yes, you need the talent, the raw talent as far as each individual player, but part of them having success is that continuity, is that chemistry, that cohesion. They're only going to get that if guys can stay healthy, and Brian Allen anchoring that position at center is going to be key. Now, I do want to see 2021 Brian Allen because 2022 Brian Allen, even when he was in there, he wasn't performing at a high level. Four sacks allowed, five hits allowed, at a 59.2 pass blocking grade, a 66.1 run blocking grade, 63.8 overall grade from PFF. So want to see him return to form. And also another reason why it's important is if he wins that position, Coleman Shelton, he can play guard. Whereas Brian Allen, you're not going to see him transition and pivot to another position. No. So they need him to hold it down. That gives them more depth at the center spot. Shelton can be a depth piece at center. He can play guard. And also we know they restructured his deal and it was pretty much, Hey, restructure your deal or you're going to be gone. And that tells me that's an indication that he was a part of their plans this season. So I look for him to play center this year, hopefully play it at a solid level next year. I think Steve Avila may take over at center and then save them 
them some cap space. No, I, I, want, I want to leave the Rams fans with, with, on this idea with a little bit of a silver lining because you mentioned that Brian Allen last year was not good. The sacks he'd given up, the pressures that he allowed, and all fair and all accurate, throw it all away. Everybody was gone all year long. Look at the other bodies of work. Those are much more indicative of what it's going to need to be if all the pieces fit together. Last year, whether it's Matthew Stafford's number, the offensive line number, the running back numbers, take them all and throw them in the trash because they don't connect to anything. It was the worst offensive line year in history as far as injuries go. And expecting anybody to kind of anchor in and do well would be almost impossible. It's just those numbers don't connect to any reality. If it happens again, if they start dropping like that, it doesn't matter. They're going to get, they're going to get smashed every week like they did last year. Those guys have to be together. If they are, I think they'll be pretty good. That's a good point. We just need to etch a sketch the 2022 season. Just shake it and kind of erase it from our memories forever. Just forget it. So that's a really good point. I definitely think Brian Allen can absolutely have a bounce back season this year. He just has to stay healthy. We were talking about the new Netflix series about the quarterbacks and Steve yeah. and Marcus Mariota, what he said. And he said, hey, as soon as training camp starts, you're never at 100%. That's something that really resonated with me. And I think long list offensive line, even when they were in there, guys were banged up. They are playing through injuries. I think Brian Allen could have been one of those guys but coming up in our final segment the rams add a tight end they signed a tight end we're going to break that down and tell you what it means that's coming up next on locked on rams and welcome back to locked on rams your first listen every single day free and available wherever you get your podcast your team every day and a special shout out to our everyday listeners we appreciate you and you can join the everyday listeners club too membership is free and you won't miss a thing about your los angeles rams but travis here in our final segment got to talk about a signing. The Rams added another player to their tight end group, signing former CFL and Colts tight end Nikola Kalinick. So I want to tell you, don't Google this guy because there's 15 athletes around the world apparently named Nikola Kalinick. He's a (laughs) Croatian soccer player, a Serbian basketball player. So it's very tough to get into. But yeah, I mean, in your opinion, is this something, nothing or everything? I think it's somewhere in between Nothing and something. I wouldn't say it's completely nothing, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big impact signing. Well, it's one of those things. They're bringing them in for a reason, right? It's never just one of these, we need somebody that can stand up and breathe. There has to be at least some element of skill that they saw in the CFL that they saw when he was with the Colts and thinking that, all right, maybe we can make something like that happen. This isn't a, a, a free agent name that's going to make your jaw drop. This isn't DeAndre Hopkins going to the Tennessee Titans or something like that. But Sean McVay and Les Snead, if they see something and they bring him in, I don't think it's ever nothing. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those, yeah, let's see. This has been a position that they really haven't been able to develop a ton. Tyler Higby has been their only threat at that position really for the last five or six years. So maybe it's a matter of, of throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And if uh, this particular version of Nikola Kalinick is the guy that uh, they've got to get, they, that they got their eye on, let's give it a shot. Why not? Yeah, it's not a league-altering move. If you drafted yeah. Tyler Higby, you don't have to be punching air right now in your fantasy leagues. Like, you're going to be just fine, right? But still, like, you think you may have the best point is no one is here by accident, especially yeah. at this level, especially when you're a Rams team that is adept at identifying and scouting talent. So that's a great point. He played seven games, made two starts. He did not catch a pass and played just 47 snaps on offense. He also played 42 snaps on special teams last year for the Colts. So as you always mention on this show, special teams is definitely a role. And it's definitely 
an area where you can help a team. So there's also way to make the team too. If you, if you are a bubble guy, if you're a late round draft pick, if you're a free agent trying to connect, if you're a veteran, you know, heading towards the end of your career, if you're coming from the CFL or anything, you better be able to play special teams because that that's a way that you can get on the team that if you're the third tight end and you can't play special team, that ain't going to work. You're going to have to go out and make some tackles, make some coverages. It's always the quickest way to make the team. Exactly. That's the way you can find your way on the field. He's 26. He's from Toronto. He played two seasons in the CFL for the Tiger Cats after being selected in the second round in 2019. He caught 23 passes for 192 yards and two touchdowns in two years in the CFL. And what's up with the CFL name? The Tiger Cats? That sounds like some made-up names. The Presidents, the Defenders. I mean, what's up with the CFL names, Travis? Well, at least I believe, and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is right. When I was a kid, the CFL had two teams that were the Rough Riders. Now they were down to one. They had two Rough Riders. Imagine if there were two Cowboys in the NFL, two Rams, two Giants, two Chiefs. They had two, there were eight teams in the league and two of them had the same name. So hopefully they're done with that. I believe that they fixed that problem. I love the CFL. I wish every end zone was 30 yards deep like that and we could make some plays. But yeah, they uh, CFL is its own thing. Yeah, I'm a big Argonauts guy myself. And I agree with that. John Candy and Wayne Gretzky back in the day. Exactly, right? Hey, show some the CFL some love. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. For myself and Mr. Travis Rogers, you can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. You can follow Travis, the people's champ, on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams' house?